0: Welcome to The Struggle Is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges for modern parenting.
1: Check out this week's episode.
2: Oh, man, mom's birthday. Hey, Miri, text mom.
1: Note, not every day is your mother's birthday. Oh, man, you haven't heard about Reggie? Man, Reggie's something
0: else. The Struggle Is Real podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to a new episode of The Struggle is Real. I'm Veronica Avila, joined by my podcasting partners, Omar Ramos and Dr. Alicia Laos. How's everyone doing?
3: I'm doing great. Dr. Alicia, how about yourself? I'm doing
0: exceptionally well. Awesome. All right. Ready to put the phones down and dive into today's topic?
3: Uh, yes. I just <laughs> I just put mine on airplane mode. Does that count?
4: Yeah, 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 That's awesome.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about inappropriate texting with almost everyone owning a phone nowadays. I think it's a smart idea to set texting guidelines or rules for the family. Hopefully, today we can learn some new rules and that we could share with our friends and family, of course.
0: That's right. Now, to discuss further, we've invited our friend, Dr. Yanina Gomez. She's coming back. She's a mindful parenting coach, speaker, and blogger. And she's also the author of Momstone Quit. And she has a doctorate degree in educational psychology and is happily married with two teens. Welcome back, Dr. Yanina.
4: Thank you, Veronica. I am so thrilled to be here. And we're very happy to have you back. Because Me too. <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> oh, that's what I hear. So let's see.
3: <laughs> so uh, here's an icebreaker, ladies and gents. How has texting affected your life, positive and negatively? Veronica, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you.
0: You know what? It's a form of communication now that my daughter is 14. Mm-hmm. She's the only one of my three kids with a phone. Okay. Okay. It makes it easier because I can communicate with her throughout the day. So if she has activities that she needs to go to or she needs anything or she has to go to her dad's house or whatever it is, it makes communication a lot easier. So in that sense, it's good. Yeah, I did see that mothers and daughters do text themselves a lot, especially during the <laughs> adolescent years yes. and that it's
5: practically been useful as well that way.
0: Yes. Yeah. And we will be sharing some stats right here. And yes, it's, it's right about that. When kids would rather text, they will tell you how mm-hmm. they feel via text Mm -hmm. rather than in person. Yes. I want to learn a little bit more about that what's yeah,
3: behind that.
4: Fact, yeah.
3: Well, yeah, you know, and that's that's the situation that I have right now with my daughter as well now that she's uh, getting ready to become 13 years of age. Mm-hmm. And it seems like I'm, it's she's like two different people. Via the texting, she like opens up and she's very eloquent and, and expanded with what she wants to tell me. And then when I go pick her up, she's just like very quiet. And mm-hmm. I'm like, my goodness, what's going on? Are you okay? Did somebody hurt your feelings or anything? She's like, no. Right now I'm kind of working so we can kind of, so she can open up when we're physically looking at each other so i think that's maybe the the negative part of it Mm -hmm. i don't know why that phenomenon has kind of developed with kids nowadays that they just rather open up via texting maybe i don't know if it's because it's like the friend becomes their best friend or i mean the phone becomes their best friend or or, or what the deal is maybe that's
5: digital natives
3: right Mm -hmm. i mean they're so addicted to it and i mean from a positive standpoint obviously I, i get a lot of stuff done as far as work is concerned but the Part that does concern me is the the personal part in my life. You know, with my daughter, that she is more communicative via the text mm-hmm. versus me talking to her in person. Yeah.
0: Hopefully today both doctors can give us some tips on how to how to make that communication. Yes. Better. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. How about clean. you, doctors? Um, I think for me, I like
5: it in terms of communicating facts or to dos or just information sharing. Mm-hmm. I'm not in favor of it as the primary communicator. Yes. I mean, I I guess with my psychology training, I really like to have the face-to-face meetings. And I feel like so much is missed otherwise. Yes. Um, But it's so nice to get grocery list to my husband. (laughs) You know, or just (laughs) information from work. It's secondary information. It's just information. It's practical information. But I I don't really like email or or anything for 3D conversations. You know, conversations that are more nuanced. Mm -hmm. I don't like any technology. I just do face-to-face. It just dispels any type of misconception communication along the way
0: yes yes obviously the best type of communication,
4: for sure. It's one-on-one, yeah. And in my situation, I think it's a a combination of everybody here. So I like the instant communication that if I have it in my head, I can just let it out and it doesn't linger. Mm -hmm. So if I have to say something, I just send it and it's over and I can move on, because I don't like things to linger in my head. Yes. But then on the other hand, that personal component of human interaction is missing. That's one of the things that I noticed that people are becoming less and less engaged, personally Mm -hmm engaged yeah because it's a concern
0: it is it is for sure now let me share some facts that we were talking about those the average american checks their phone 46 times a day and spends about 23 hours a week texting. Wow, that's oh. a lot
3: of time. Mm-hmm. Mucho tiempo. Now, according to uh, simpletexting.com, also text messages are read on an average in under five seconds. Uy. That's pretty quick, yeah. Developing their minds and their eyes to do that. Um, the average millennial exchanges an average of 67 text messages per day. Oof. Wow. And also, American women text 14% more than men. Really, ladies?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about you, Omar, because I think you would be the exception. You text a lot, no? Yeah.
3: I, I edit a lot of videos on my phone,
0: <laughs> which is different. I okay. don't text that
4: much, so I don't know if I agree with that stats.
0: Right. <laughs> now, the teenagers, the average teenager sends about 3,339 texts per month. Wow, hmm. that's why those telephone yeah. bills, you know. Yeah. And hmm. now, what we were just talking about before, more teens say that they prefer texting to talking to other people in person. Now, that's obviously the most common uh, form of communication for many teens and tweens, and they're also, hmm, this one's alarming a little bit. Teenagers who text compulsively may lose sleep due to texting
3: well I lose sleep (laughs) when I text (laughs) a lot for sure so yeah there's some stuff that are uh, raising a lot of uh, red flags here and that's where we're here to kind of decipher all of this situation so if you guys are ready ladies uh, we're going to go ahead and listen to our first sketch this is called Talk to Text Dysfunction
2: hey Miri what's on my calendar today
1: here are your appointments for today 9am me well, me meet with Jessica 12pm lunch at El Capitán oh, all day today mom's birthday oh
2: mom's birthday okay um oh man mom's birthday hey miri text mom
1: note not every day is your mother's birthday if you it? send her a text it should be nice
2: <laughs> you're pretty opinionated today
1: how about Roses are red. My mom doesn't like that. Violets are blue. You are my mom. I sure do love you.
2: Yeah, she doesn't like poetry.
1: How about. Dear mother, you gave me biological life. Biological life? This is the day that you were given biological life. I want you to know that I did not forget.
2: A little robotic, isn't it?
1: I am a robot.
2: Humans don't really talk about being biological.
1: Note someone sounds spoiled. Spoiled? Well then, how about... Mom, I am too busy to call you on the phone for your birthday. Here is a text message instead of a hug.
2: I'm gonna see her later today. Miri, text mom.
1: Okay. What would you like to say?
2: Happy birthday. I love you. Period.
1: Hmm. That is very nice. Ready to send it?
2: Yes. Send to mom.
1: Now sending to... Boss.
2: Miri, did you say boss or mom? Boss. I said mom with an M. Why would I send that to my boss? I thought it was
1: strange myself. We were talking about your mom. Just, Miri, call mom. Mom. Calling mom like you should have done the first time. Calls are better than texts on your birthday. I don't have a birthday, but if I did, I would much rather get a call than a text.
2: You're right. It's better to call. Noted. Thank you. Would you like to add that to your note? No, I would not like to add that to my notes.
0: That
4: was funny. (laughs)
2: and we are back
4: and so real
2: yes
3: (laughs) so that was Chuck in his 30s trying to send a text message to his mom for her birthday via Miri who instructed him to call her instead of texting her after the funny exchange they agreed to send her a short and sweet birthday message now first of all don't Text and drive, please. Second, why do people prefer to text and talk, even for special occasions? Dr. Alicia, help us break this down. Why is this happening?
5: Well, we just said it. It's easy. It's convenient. It's immediate. It gets the job done. We sometimes don't want to go there and have a conversation with the person because it's awkward or there's issues underwater, and we don't want to deal with it. And mm-hmm. We don't want to talk about them. We're uncomfortable with that conversation. So a text maybe gets the job done. It's mm-hmm. a way to just get it over with. Sometimes it's completely appropriate makes a lot of sense you're just sending a text for hey did you see this video or you know things like that and yeah it's convenient and it's it's a platform like any platform out there Mm -hmm. it could be used for good and also it could have its harm i unfortunately have seen the harm side just because of the clinical work i do Mm -hmm. i've seen couples come in for marriage counseling for example and they'll like be showing me the stuff that they were sending to each other on the text (laughs) and i'd be like yeah well you know
6: that's gonna hurt. (laughs) and then
5: you know then they keep a record of it so now it's on top of it not just all that spite that is built, but now there's like a record of it on yeah, top of yeah. it, you know, that they can go on on and on and on and on forever and hold on to that grudge, which I don't think it's, it's useful. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately we go there because we just don't, or maybe uncomfortable with going face to face. And there's a lot of dynamics around those conversations that people avoid running from them. I mean, think about it in so many contexts where people run around and tell everybody about an issue instead of the person that it needs to be mm-hmm. addressed, uh-huh. addressed to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so part of human nature that people often are afraid of conflict or afraid of addressing issues. And they talk to everybody in the grandmother, everybody in the family, everybody in the neighborhood, you know, everybody, every other co-worker except the person that needs to hear the message. Why? Because of fear. of confrontation. You confrontation. And so that could also be a part of it.
3: You know, I I also want to add something real quick, uh, Dr. Alicia and Dr. Yanina, if you guys want to add on this. This young man is uh, 30 years of age. That means he's a millennial. Is that... Like a generational thing that's mm-hmm. that's happening here? Is that is that what's happening here, that these millennials are just used to communicating this way?
5: Yes and no. I've seen that for millennials, yes, because we have grown in a generation that that is what is the norm, right? Mm-hmm. But I've actually seen some studies that show that the newer generation, that there's some movement towards withdrawing from it because they're seeing some of the negative aspects. So there's some interesting new research with the younger generation that is kind of retaliating against it. So it'll be interesting that holds across the years.
0: There's Mm -hmm. hope. Thank God. Thank God. Now, (laughs) obviously, um, texting is not the same as talking to someone face to face. And Dr. Alisa just said that the tone is also not the same when you're texting, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Causing misunderstandings and even hurting relationships at times, any type of relationship. What tips can you give us, Dr. Yanina, to avoid sending these messages or to avoid this from happening and just helping people stop running away from the confrontation or stop making it a bigger issue and just dealing with it.
4: Yeah, it's all about leaving text for facts. And, you know, like what the things we were talking about, hey, did you want to join me for dinner tonight or whatever? But when it comes to something that is emotionally related, when it comes to something that is relational, try to avoid using text because mm-hmm. it can't really be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we try to use emojis and exclamation marks and uppercase. (laughs) versus lowercase and all these different things to try to convey some type of emotion Mm. into our writing. But in reality is that we don't know where that person on the other side of the phone is at and what type of emotional state that person is. And this is very interesting. I'm going to give you a a personal example. I was was texting with uh, two of my close friends and we were trying to plan a lunch. So typing, I'm saying different things and somehow I typed something, I don't even remember what it was, exactly what I told her, but the point is that after I finished texting, she called me. She was like, well, I sense that there is a a lot of negative energy from what you said, so I'm just trying to check if you're okay, if something happened, that you're not letting us know. In reality, nothing happened. I was just finishing my workout, and I was super tired, but she interpreted it as I was, something was wrong with me, (laughs) when in reality, I was just, oh, I'm so tired, and whatever. I said, which I cannot remember exactly my words, but my point being is that sometimes we assume that people are getting the message the way we type it, but in reality, they might or might not. It depends on their mind state, where they are at, what is it that they're experiencing at the moment. So we have to be very careful. So that's why I say, when it comes to relational situation, when it comes to things that our emotions are part of it, Mm -hmm. then just give them a call. Talk. Talk. Because it can't really be misunderstood. Like my friend, and even though she knows me from years, if she was able to get that misunderstanding, I mean if let alone someone that doesn't know me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's important that we address these things the way they should, to avoid confrontations and to avoid misunderstandings. Definitely.
0: How about sending the wrong messages? <laughs> like we heard um, we heard Chuck they're sending the message to his boss. Oh, and then yeah, we have you, ever, have you ever had yes.
6: that? Yes. I think I
0: sent one time to I, I, one of my bosses I, I sent tres leche. <laughs> And she was like uh what? What who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, It was
4: hilarious. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I have milk. quite a few funny stories I'm afraid about that. <laughs> of that because I
5: know I've sent an email to like a person that was like an Elizabeth and it ended up uh-huh. for work instead of oh. whatever. And it was like work stuff. Uh-huh. So it's no big deal. But, you know, what if you send something to really to the wrong mm-hmm.
4: person? So, well, I, I have a story. I sent my husband a text. I was saying, I love you. Have a great day. And I accidentally <laughs> sent it to a person that I know that is he lives in my town that has nothing to do with. This and he was like, Excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. This was made to be for my husband, and uh, so yes, what about it your happens? children, if they grab your phone by mistake
5: and they call exactly. somebody, that's I mean, I like try to like. <laughs> have passwords on my phone because, you know, a couple of times they've called, you know, and it's like, um, yeah, that person is
3: not someone to call. <laughs> my goodness, happens. Happens. So, so obviously today we're trying to become the best texters that we can be. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what I do is work. just just to avoid those kind of situations, uh-huh. aversing situations, I send the text message then I delete the person. I delete the whole message mm-hmm. entirely. Just so I don't kind of mix things up because I could be distracted and I uh-huh. go back and I click on the wrong person and I'm looking like this and I send... The wrong information. So that would be some advice, a tip, from That's this humble servant
0: that <laughs> has extra. experienced embarrassing situations it. in the past. Okay, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Ah, yeah, yeah. Great talk. Okay. Well, why don't we go into our next sketch? This one's called "A Right to Privacy."
6: Oh, man, you haven't heard about Reggie? Man, Reggie's something else. So he was dating this girl, Jess. Okay, Maybe they weren't dating, but they were flirting. So Jess sends him this pic that's kind of spicy. She likes him, and Jess is kind of like that, I guess. But Reggie gets the pictures while he's at a party and takes a show to his friend Manny. And Manny, I love Manny. He's like, no, nah, that's between you and Jess. So Reggie goes to show Steve, scumbag Steve. But Manny doesn't like that. So he grabs Reggie's phone and deletes Jess's picture. Reggie goes full on beat that was mine you're a jerk but Manny's like don't show that to other people and Reggie's like she sent it to me and it's mine now so Manny who still got Reggie's phone opens his pictures and pull up this selfie that Reggie took of himself flexing and making duck face with a six pack and get this he drew it on with a marker so Manny takes that to the whole party like the whole party and everybody's laughing at Reggie and Reggie's really mad and Manny's like what it's their photo now so anyways that's why you don't want to ask Reggie out or lend him a
0: marker is that oh my goodness okay well. <laughs> <laughs> bottom line is that was Katrina. Katrina was talking to her friend about why she shouldn't date this guy Reggie. The bottom line here was that he was showing off a spicy picture of Jessica, who was a girl that liked him, and then he was showing it off to his guy friends. Mm-hmm. Um, now during this interaction, one of the guys who was a gentleman, obviously because he took the phone away, he deleted the picture, and he didn't uh, allow the other, the rest of the guys, to see this inappropriate picture of this girl, right, and exposing her. And then, well, then he went and did the- same thing. He went and I guess showed the picture of of Reggie flexing or or whatever that was. But what are the potential damages of sexting? That can be considered sexting, right? It was a spicy picture. What are the potential damages of sexting for both parties, Dr. Yanina?
4: Oh, there's so many. (laughs) So many damages. Uh, The first one is I am not an attorney, but one thing I can tell you that that is is considered a crime. It's, It's against the law. So anything that is related to promoting, distributing and taking pictures of minors, it is a crime. So that's one thing that we need to tell our children, mm-hmm. that it's not just taking a, a spicy picture of half naked or naked person and just share it. It does uh, implies a lot of potential legal damages. Yes. So we have to be very careful about that. You're breaking the law if you do that. So that's one thing. Another thing is tons of psychological problems that these child, both of them, the one that sent the picture mm-hmm. and the one that the picture is about will be a Experiencing from that moment on and the implications that go along th- with the academic grow and what happens is called the bullying that will take place, the extortion, the yeah. embarrassment. And, you know, that's without even thinking about the future when it comes to going to college and finding a job. So once it's in the internet, once it's there, it's there forever. And we have to think about when we're thinking about college, that these colleges, they take a look at your social media when you're thinking about trying to get a job, they do take a look at your social media. So it goes from an embarrassment, uh, bullying, extortion, all the way it just stays with them for the rest of their life. All, all the different consequences. We can be here all day sharing yeah. all these different yes. consequences. But one of the things, the immediate one will be the embarrassment. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. now these this child is spotlight and not a very positive way at that school, whether it's middle school or high school. There's a lot of kids making fun of them and, and saying things, gossiping. And that can lead to stress, anxiety, depression, sometimes, and we know, we have heard it on the news, potentially suicide yes. yes so it is it just goes on and on and on and just Absolutely. to uh, add to
0: what you said about being a, a crime definitely in the. US eight states have enacted bills to protect minors from sexting and an additional 13 states have proposed bills to legislation it is considered a crime to send a st- sexually suggestive text or images of anybody who's under 18 that's considered child pornography right. and can also uh, result in criminal charges so yes. be
4: careful we have to it's be something careful. serious and not only the child is exposed to those charges, but the parents, because we are the ones that pay for the account, we are held liable for that as well. So, you know, we have to think about that, that we can be sued by the parent of that or the victim Mm -hmm. as well. We haven't even started touching sexual predators yet. That's another harmful potential. Once that picture is out there, these sexual predators are keeping an eye on all these different things, and they might start trying to befriend that child. And again, it's the it's just because becomes a big mess. It's
3: yeah. a mess. Let's
4: stay away from that.
3: Well, there's a lot of stats, obviously, that educators, as far as uh, dangers when it comes to sexting and all that. Dr. Alicia, and obviously we know this is important that parents should approach their kids and talk to about it. How do how do you go about, how do you initiate the conversation about sexting and technology in general? When do you start and how do you manage everything? What is the correct way to go about it?
5: Well, when you learn how to drive, you got a manual of how to drive mm-hmm. and you take some driving lessons. Sometimes the parents freak out, but there's lessons <laughs> that go in So the same thing with technology. You're going to give your child a telephone and you're not going to give them some rules to abide by it. You know, that happens way too often. We give kids access to resources without any guides. And if you already did and you haven't had the chance, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. If you're going to give your child the keys to the car, you're going to create some guidelines of when they can use the car, when they can't use it, right? And yes. The same thing with the, the phone. It's The smartphones are have a lot of power in them. Yes, Uh, you can create uh, protective guards against it there's all sorts of apps that can monitor that so you can make make sure you're being a responsible user of that tool and do understand that your children their brains are still developing and it's developing until like some research is like 21 and that frontal lobe is still developing which Mm -hmm. is the one responsible for making logical sequential thoughtful decisions means that kids are going to do things that are very impulsive for a very long time. And so you have impulsive children that are going to, it's easy to persuade them to do things according to what they want. You're not going to provide any guards around that. Mm -hmm. What's that going to do? That's going to expose them to a lot of harm. So same way that we have all sorts of protective measures around all sorts of other gadgets. Same thing, I think as parents, we need to do that. If you're going to go ahead and give your child so much power in their, in their hands, create some boundaries around that, create some guidelines, create some rules, and do protect measures around that, but do know that even with all of that protection, there's a the risk mm-hmm. that for goes sure. with it, that they're going to still possibly be tempted because they know how to navigate, they're smart, they know how to go around all sorts of things. There's all sorts of apps mm-hmm. now that will disappear. Um, you know, they post something and it disappears. And yes. all, you know, and yeah. As much as the parents try to trace it and all that, right. they still can go around it. But I think it starts with, you're going to give your child, you're going to let your kid have a knife and cut the vegetables, or are you going to teach them how to do it, or are you going to just let them flip the knife everywhere mm-hmm. and hope for yeah. the best? You're not going to do that, yes, because it's going to be obviously harmful. and They're going to cut
0: themselves. Same thing with the phone. Yes. So with the guidelines, and we mentioned that before, with the with the texting and and avoiding the confrontation because it was uncomfortable, right? This conversation can be very uncomfortable. Right. Who wants to talk to their kids about sexting? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what am I going to say? So, how important is it that we're open to having that conversation, preparing ourselves so that we don't get embarrassed and in a shell, and kind of, oh, here's what you need to do. Here are the measures. And then that's what it is, a one-time conversation. Why is it important to have an open and ongoing conversation with kids about this and other other things out there with texting and sexting and, and social media? Why is it important to have that conversation also be educated and up-to-date with what's up out there? Dr.
4: Yanina. Oh, my goodness. It is extremely, extremely important. One of the things that I suggest to the moms I work with is to some moms and dads, it's a difficult topic, whereas others, it's kind of like it's okay because they have that type of relationship. It's all about that relationship that you have with your children. A open communication is very, very important. And even if we feel uncomfortable about talking about it, it's really not about us. Yeah. We need to understand that this situation that we're talking about today is to protect our children. And you have to put your whatever th- thoughts you have aside and think about what's best for your child. And open communication is very important. See, what happens is that not all parents have that open communication yeah. with their children. So I'm going to give you uh, two different examples, whether you have an open communication or not. So if if you feel as a mom or dad that you don't have that open communication with your children, then bring it up as as a fact. You know, you know. I would say, hey, what are your thoughts on sexting? How you know? What are what what do you know about it? It come across as you wanting to learn from them versus you know, you being the expert, say. Mm-hmm. So just like a conversation, you know, I say, hey, I've been he- hearing a lot about sexting in the news or what's going on? What are your thoughts? What's happening? your What's your experience with that? And you can do this whether you have close relationship with your child or not. But it's if you don't, that's a good way of starting it. Just remain calm. Just inquire about it. Just ask yeah. and and start a conversation like that. It's so important, especially if you find out that your child is the one that is that have sent Oof. a picture. Staying calm and in control is very, very important. And one of the things that I that I would suggest to parents that their children are Doing that is just talk about it. Talk about why he or she did that. There has to be a reason why they do that. They will not do such a thing just because they woke up one day. Although, I mean, there's yeah. might be a possibility, but most kids, there has to be a reason. Is mm-hmm. there extortion? Is there bullying? Is there threatening? Did they break up? Is there is the child in love with the girl and she rejected him? What's going on? Make it a conversation, not you coming across as okay, what did you do? I can't believe you did this. Now we're gonna go to jail. No, you know, let's just have a conversation. Conversation and educate your children. What we're talking about today, we share with your listeners the consequences, some of them, the legal consequences, emotional, mm-hmm. personal. Let's talk about that with our children. They need to know. It might be too much, but I think most kids, when you say, hey, you know what, this is against the law, you might end up being arrested. They kind of say, you know what, oh, I don't want to be arrested. You know, it's that scary. Or, But be bold and honest and provide the facts in a caring way. Not in a kind of like, okay, this is I'm mom, I'm dad, and I'm telling you what to do because that's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Just more conversational and talk about them, about the risks, about the possible consequences, and that you're trying to avoid that in a caring, calming way versus dictating, yes. you know important the relationship very very mm-hmm. important.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: That was some amazing stuff yeah, Dr. Yanina. Thank, thank you so you. much for sharing that. So apparently we have our next sketch ready to rock and roll. This is called a Texting Like a Pro.
7: Gentle Breeze Retirement Community. My name is Tammy, and I am so excited to be here today teaching you to text like a pro. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, mama.
7: Oh, phooey. I know what you're thinking. I already know how to text, Tammy. I don't need lessons. Maybe. But how many of you know the difference between a group text and a mass text? I sure don't. (laughs) What about the difference between a blue speech bubble and a green speech bubble. I don't care about bubbles. I'm missing family feud. Or the difference between... Uh, oh, um, yes, you, you sir, you have a question? I'd like to
3: practice texting can I have your phone number?
7: Um, no. You don't care about any of this. Well, you should. Texting is about communicating. Don't you want to be understood? I want to watch Family Feud. Great. So if you're texting that, what would you type? Family Feud. I want to watch it. I just found a gif where the contestants are winning a car. Isn't that more fun than typing all those letters? Oh no, my, yes! No!
3: My favorite letter is a U.
7: Okay, last question. When was the last time a text made your day? You in the back. Never. Never. There's the problem. Most people think texting is just about messages. When will you be home? Do you need anything from the store? But if you wanted, you could send someone an old photo, a poem you wrote, a video that makes you LOL. (laughs) That means look out, ladies. No, it doesn't. Never forget, you're carrying around endless possibilities of warmth, happiness, and connection all day long. Can I see your phone for a second?
2: If it makes you go away... Here! What's this?
1: Who's ready to play Family Feud? They
7: have Family Feud on phones! I'll text you the link. (laughs) Family
1: Feud! I love Family Feud! Family Feud! I love Family Feud!
3: Texting is for everyone. We just proved it with this group of 70-year-olds who each had a different view of texting and its use. At the end, Sweet Myrtle, Harry the Conquistador, and Event Cranky Gus learned why texting is a good form of communication and of making someone's day. Dr. Alicia. How are the elderly benefiting from texting?
5: You know, not all 70-year-olds are against texting and technology. I know my mom, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people that are young, and they're over there on Facebook. Yeah. And they've got all this technology used, and they're sharing videos, and they're communicating with people. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely connecting them to a lot of friends that they otherwise wouldn't have access to or not all you know, Mm day-to-day. So there's definitely a lot of promise in there. And there's a lot of older folks that definitely use texting for all of those they will my experience has been that they definitely do rely on the face to face for 3D mm-hmm. conversations but you know they'll share
0: videos or links things like that for it <laughs> it's, it's becoming more and more useful now but their kids or their grandkids how can we be more patient because sometimes you know it may not be so patient how can we be more patient to help them navigate or learn how to text how oh, to do how to yeah. use the phone I right? will see that like my <laughs> yeah.
5: husband for example he's a teacher by training uh-huh. and he will sit and patiently go step by step to explain the technology to some of us who are just not as gifted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an art yeah. of yes. step by step so we get a little bit more impatient. You know, the one thing I would add, there's a lot more of our, of us who are the children, right, yes. of mm-hmm. the parents that use that technology to share the pictures of the grandkids mm-hmm. and, and that's another uh-huh.
0: way that they stay connected, right, to the family. Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. And I know I've seen some of my, my nephews or even my kids... They they show me, so they try to show my mom. There's also that other gap, right, with with, with the language. Sometimes they don't know how to communicate certain things. And they're like, uh, yeah. uh mommy, how do I say this to my grandma <laughs> in Spanish? Because I don't know how to say it. But I love seeing that, that interaction. I'm like, oh, okay. And my mom's coming up yeah. to speed, you know, with social media, with texting. A cool way or a good way to communicate with with everyone.
4: Yeah, especially in one thing that I've noticed, like in my case, my husband can go step by step, very patient. He will teach them over, but I'm not that way. (laughs) (laughs) I just explained this to you, but what I have noticed is that if my parents are, especially my mom, because my dad is kind of like, getting there. But my mom, she loves the whole thing about this group chats and sharing pictures Mm -hmm. and knowing. And if there's anything that needs to be explained, I noticed that my children are better able to explain to her and more patient and more caring. And they see that as what you said, Veronica, like a bonding Mm -hmm. moment that even though there might be a possibility of a language barrier, but because they are showing and pointing and having her do it, I just love it when they are interacting that way. So, like when when I when we go over and my mom has a question, I always say, "Hey, Ali, can you share Grandma?" or "Hey, Naya, can you teach a, yeah. a Grandma about it?" And they're more than happy to do it. Well, um,
5: when you said that, I was just thinking of some apps that I was struggling to figure out, and I gave it to my you know five year old, and she's like, eh. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, oh, I know yeah. it's so embarrassing, it's so true. <laughs> it's like it takes him like five seconds to
0: figure it out, and yeah. you're over there
5: struggling. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. true.
0: But isn't it also cool to see them feel like they're teaching you something, yeah. right? Yeah.
4: That they're being helpful. Yes. Yeah.
0: yes.
3: Going back to the uh, communication part when it comes to texting, uh, Dr. Alicia, texting can be different depending on who you're texting with or communicating with. Uh, a blind date, your spouse, your best friend, maybe a co-worker. Can you expand a little bit, talk to us about what things to keep in mind?
5: I like to think about it as 2D conversation versus 3D conversation. So mm-hmm. two-dimensional, just straightforward facts. You're just trying to to share a video, share information, share a link, get logistics in order. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But as we said, if it's a 3D conversation where you're the heart, you're emotive, you're emotional, you're angry, you're upset, you're sad, nonverbals play a lot. There's going to be a lot of misunderstanding that occurs with the way things are communicated. Yes. So if you think about the nonverbals, when you're upset and you're hunched and you're, you know, everything that you're conveying, it comes through in the tone and things are so misconstrued and people make more negative assumptions through the texting conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some research that does indicate that. So they can't read everything that's happening and it comes through and it's oftentimes in a very harsh way or a very straightforward way. And people make all these negative assumptions right away instead yeah. of saying, well, maybe they're seeing it this way or they're seeing it that way. Right. And so I always say if it's nuanced, if it's complicated, if it's got lots of tears, pick up the phone, walk oh. over through their room. <laughs> Knock on the door. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you guys are uh, know it. And I at work keep telling people whenever I hear things that are that people say, oh, I left them a message or I left them a text. To me, that means that they didn't really make an effort to communicate with them. To me, yeah. it's like, did you? actually talk to them did you make an appointment did you do a face-to-face because those it's so easy to miss it too Mm -hmm. like i sometimes do want to respond to a text but like you get so flooded we do live in a very flooded world where you're getting bombarded with messaging here and group chats there and your phones all the time yeah Mm -hmm. and sometimes you put it away and you miss a text or you miss a thing and then it's not that they're trying to ignore you so also be cognizant of that 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 we're just bombarded information-wise and yeah, it's amazing how often I've actually picked up the phone and called someone that you would think would be very busy. And they're just so happy to talk to you because you actually just picked right. up the phone and talked yeah. to them, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so do do that, if, especially if it's a 3D conversation. For Two-dimensional sure. versus three-dimensional. Think about it that way. I
0: mm-hmm. like that. Let's write it down. Two, three verses. The 3D yeah. makes a lot, a lot of sense, especially I'm just, I keep having my daughter in the back of my head. She's 14. And yes, Omar, you were mentioning that with about your daughter as well. Mm-hmm. Let's take the time to really have a conversation with them and see what's going on. Maybe that'll help them open up a little bit more and talk to us about what's going on or how they feel so they can feel more comfortable having that face-to-face conversation.
4: That's why I just wanted to add on to that. When you're having a conversation with someone, it requires a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. Yes. A lot of mental energy, physical energy, emotional energy. When you text something, which goes back to your example like with your daughter, Mm -hmm. when you text it, it's just kind of a flat information. It's Mm -hmm. more information without much emotion. Yes. So especially for all of us, but especially for kids and what they're learning is that it's easier to text whatever but then when they're in front of you it's very difficult for them to share the same information because they are getting used to somehow putting that energy aside. They're not used to dealing with that energy. The few times that they deal with it is sometimes it's too much and overwhelming Mm -hmm. which then it will be uh, you will see that in conversations like when you see when you were saying that your daughter can text you all these different things yeah. about her day when she's in front of you it, it, it's a different story and it's not only your daughter I'm sure all of our Everyone, kids do yeah. the same yes. thing my children do the same thing too but that's a difference when you're texting there's no emotional that energy is not as much there it's just Sending information versus having a conversation with you that requires that energy and also thinking, okay, is he going to be mad? Is he going to scold me? Be judgmental? Am I going to be in trouble? Is he going to send me to my room? All those things happen Mm -hmm. if it's one on one versus text.
3: I just want to add this real quick here. Should I take the phone away from my daughter? and just try to reinvent our communication.
4: That's interesting. There's two ways of do of dealing with that that I will suggest. That will be one, but I will prefer the other. I will prefer that she learns how to do it at both at the same time. Okay. Meaning that she learns what is the phone it's about and what what is it when it comes to having conversations with her. Okay. You know, I want I want my children to understand that when we're having conversations, I don't want them to associate the phone with this. I want them to say, hey, let's just do a (coughs) one-on-one conversation or whatever it is. But you also have to learn. You can have your phone, but when it comes to this type of conversation, I would rather do it one-on-one. So it's almost like teaching them, now that they have that tool, teach them how to use it properly versus taking it away. Because what happens is that perhaps and it doesn't happen all the time, if you take it away, then they're going to be mad. They're not going to be into, okay, because now they know that the way they see it is like he is punishing me because he wants to talk with me and have a conversation conversation with me how does that make sense in yeah. their head
5: there was a statistic about obsess obsessing mm-hmm. and how sometimes your kids are just acting either diagnostically clinically in an obsessive manner mm-hmm. with the phone or they just are as a go to we do it right let mm-hmm. just go to it all the mm-hmm. time and so one thing would be to start with a very objective thing where you ask her before you text me i want you to do this before you have the urge of right away going mm-hmm to the phone, do this one thing. Take a a drink of water, you know, I'm going to give you this bracelet and every time you have the urge of texting me, I want you to just look at it and kind of snap it Mm -hmm. or something and then think about, then you teach her, think Mm -hmm. about is this something that I should text you or should I pick up the phone and call? So sometimes we need a little... Like a signal or something. A signal that will interrupt Mm -hmm. the habit that we run into. Mm -hmm. We habituate into habits. Mm -hmm. And we we do it all the time with so many things. Yeah. And so we need an interrupter Mm -hmm. that then introduces what we want to do different. So we want to teach them what we want to do differently. You know, we want you to to use the phone to talk to me about 3D conversations and this is what this means. So that's what you would like. But we need an interrupter. Right. To mm-hmm. get us to do that. Think about it with someone that's smoking, right? If you mm-hmm. say to them, stop smoking, it's like, well, they're going to think I want to smoke, right? Like, because the, they're mm-hmm. habituated. So, what yeah. does smoking, why is it there? It's because it relieves anxiety. And so, what do people do? Well, chew the gum instead of doing that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you got to do something to ease the anxiety yeah. before. So, basically, yeah, yeah. So, if you want to teach them something new, create some interrupter
4: and then give directive of what you would want them yeah. to do instead.
3: Cool. Yeah. Works for me.
4: But, you know, you can always go back and say, when she, if she texts you something, you can always inquire more when she comes back. You say, hey, you texted me about that. I, it's kind of like, let's talk about it. Okay. And then after you have that conversation, you say, you know, these kind of conversations, I would rather do it one-on-one versus texting because I really want, I really care. I really want to you know oh, right. feel that you know just that we are connecting and mm-hmm. or whatever just kind of like uh, let her know that you were it's so much special it's so much cooler yeah. <laughs> right. to do it together yeah. versus just a text because you're like you know I feel that I'm missing something when you text me yeah. you know missing the most important part of it which is how you feel about it how you're reacting and I, to me that really is very important so yeah got it awesome point taken yes awesome. now okay. to end the the, the, the podcast. We just want to
0: say texting is can can be used for positive messaging. Yes. So mm-hmm. also just to, sh- to keep it short, keep it sweet. When was the last time you remember receiving a text that made you smile? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. So so make sure you <laughs> to, to do that to to use it in in, in good short positive voice.
3: All right, Dr. Janina, thank you so much for joining us as always. Oh, thank you for we having always me. have fun when you stop by and talk to us. We'd love to learn once again where we can follow what you do about your book and all the other stuff that you're involved in.
4: Sure, I invite you to head over to my website at com and uh, yeah, check out all the resources that I have for parents and my book, which is Moms Don't Quit. You can find it on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Dr. Alicia, what's today's keeping it real takeaway?
5: Lots of good tips. The first one is make sure you have conversations with your kids about texting, have some ground rules. And I think the second thing is when you do use text, it has positive connotations, but you want to make sure you have the conversation of how to use it with a 3D, 2D component. And it's fun. Utilize it like any platform, but make sure it has its rules. And when you do want to encourage your kids, if they're using texting a lot, don't have a shame script, you know, you take away the phone because you're terrible, but be able Mm -hmm. to optimize on how you can utilize it for good and then when you would want to use that face-to-face conversation to dig deeper. Love it. Love it.
3: Thank you so much for that, Dr. Alicia. Now that's a wrap for today's episode of The Stroke is Real. Like always, you're invited to check out our resources at FamilyBridgesUSA.org.
0: And we also remind you to rate our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And of course, they connected with us on social media with the hashtag, The Struggle Is Real, hashtag TSIR.
3: Thanks for tuning in. like always, I am Omar Ramos.
0: I am Veronica Avila. And I'm Dr. Alicia Laos. Till next time. This was The Struggle Is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle Is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.